Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah. This is show number 1763. March is Women's Month and here on Cars Yeah, we are celebrating women in the automotive sector by having conversations with 23 inspiring automotive enthusiasts throughout the month. Women who are shifting the conversation. Here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in beautiful Venice, Florida, where the sun always shines, with a very special guest who's always shining indeed, Joan Kaladel Kramer. Welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready to give me a great ride? Oh, Mark, I'm ready to pop the clutch and put my foot <laughs> on the gas. I love it. I love it. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing most people don't know about you, Joan? Well, when I was going through my divorce, I decided to parachute solo. Oh, my gosh. And I did find from the bottom, I mean, from jumping out of the plane to the actual landing, perfect. But from jumping out of the plane to the landing, I had a little bit of problem. I had twisted wires. Oh, no. But I, but I looked up, and I saw the way it was twisted, and I was able to turn myself all the way around and got springing to a perfect canopy. And flared down without having to fall. Oh, my god! So I did okay. And that was your first jump? My first and only jump. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Ah, uh, you're a brave lady, Joan. I don't think I could do that. I, I Maybe in my youth I would have pulled something like that off. But right now, I'm, I know. I don't think that's something. And now that you've told me that, uh, how did you have the wherewithal to, like, twist and turn? I mean, did they give you some instructions that if this happens, do that? Yeah, we had a, it was in Zephyr Hills, Florida, and I had a day of training and a written test after they teach you how to fall, you jump off of a table, and they teach you to go from your ankle to your knee to your hip and roll on your back. However, I got to my ankle, I said, I don't have to, put my other foot down, and I landed just perfect with the flare. Wow. They call a flare. Yeah, good for you. But if I can do that, I can do anything. Well, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you're here today to talk to me. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's frightening. Well, allow me to share a brief introduction, and we're going to dive into this very interesting and creative life that you've created for yourself. Joan became General Motors' first female exterior designer for production Cadillac and advanced Buick after graduating from the Cleveland Institute of Art in Industrial Design. Her next career move was the General Electric with General Electric in consumer electronics, appliances, and wiring. She then started her own freelance business in product design and earned clients including Waterford Crystal, Tiffany, Mikasa, Danbury Mint, Tupperware, and Lennox Collection, to name just a few. Joan was invited to be a member of the League of Retired Automobile Designers, designing a concept car each year with other designers just for fun. She's published, authored, and illustrated six children's books and continues to create fine art paintings and freelance work in the automotive design. And as we've heard, Joan has not slowed down at all in her life from jumping out of airplanes and creating beautiful things. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Joan's life. But first, a word from our sponsors. So keep the parachute on. We'll be right back. 
You've heard me talking about Covercraft here on Cars Yes since I began bringing you inspiring automotive enthusiasts over seven years ago. Covercraft is a company I've trusted to protect my beloved vehicles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. Did you know they've been in the business longer than that? Covercraft was founded in 1965. Maybe they would have had a cover for my pedal car back then. I'll bet they did. You don't stay in business for over 55 years without providing your customers with superior quality, innovative solutions, and a massive breadth of selections and categories when it comes to protection. Their custom-fit car covers are just the start. Covercraft offers covers for cars, trucks, ATVs, boats, outdoor furniture, it's on my patio, seats, trunk covers, floor dashes, masks for the front of your rides, and so much more. I have got something special just for you as a listener here on Cars Yeah. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you for a long, long time. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Joan, we're back. I would love for you to take a deeper dive into the corner here about your business, your life, and your career. I mean, very unique start to your career being the first woman and being this is Women's Month here in Cars Yeah, you are a very appropriate guest to have on the show. So take us on a little journey through this very creative life you've created for yourself. Well, as of right now, I'm semi-retired. However, I'll never be retired and I'm still in the design game. Nice. I uh, I love drawing automobiles with the rest of the fellas, the retired men. And um, I actually did an illustrated book for the Illustrators Museum last year up in Newport, Rhode Island. And um, I'm still doing some freelance product design. When somebody calls, I'm still a gun for hire. So, uh, But yeah, my, my whole career started in the automotive business. And when we get to the obstacles, I can tell you what happened there. Yeah, I'll bet. Now, being one of the first woman to work in the automotive field, and we'll touch on the obstacles and the challenges in a minute, but... What inspired you to take off down a path where traditionally it was just all men? Because my wife was an engineer, and when she graduated from college, there was only two women who graduated with an engineering degree where she was going to school. And she went into this all-men's world. She was a mechanical engineer, civil engineer. And it was quite challenging at first because she wasn't taken seriously. And she would come home many nights pretty frustrated with how she was being treated. But what inspired you first to just take off into this field? Well, first of all, I don't see any difference that why can't I design, why can't women design? We buy cars. 
So why can't a woman do it? And I never played with dolls. I always had little cars that I played with and used to play on my hands and knees running around the corners of the living room where there was a little rug that had two ruts that just fit my little car pieces (laughs) that my my dad had bought for me. And my dad also always kind of, whatever I wanted to do, I I could do. And he kind of helped me, except I wanted a little car that you pedaled. Oh, yes. And my parents at the time couldn't afford it. So I still played with my little cars, and he bought me a little remote control car. However, that, too, had a cord to it because remote wasn't even heard of. So um, ironically enough, those pedal cars, I actually studied with the man, Victor Schreckengoss in Cleveland Institute of Art, who actually designed them. So it's like, whoa, this was huge, too. That was coming full circle. It was. And my whole life is actually coming full circle, too, with the league and being in the cars right now. Yeah, it's fascinating. My uncle gave my mom his Garten Cadillac when I was one in 1959, and that was my first car. It was yellow. Uh, sadly, my mom gave it away when we moved, and I didn't know that until we moved and we got there. And I said, where's my, my Cadillac? And she said, well, I gave it to the neighbors. You're, you've outgrown that. And I thought, well, I want my kids to have that someday. So it's long gone, but I'll send you a picture of me in it as a little kid. But that's very, very cool. Now, you, told, you chose the path of working for big companies, and then you said, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. And that's a bold move, especially for a woman back in the time you did that to open your own design firm. Was that pretty rare as I envisioned it to be? Um, whether it was rare or not, I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to get the corporate background behind me to know what, what happens actually in, in a corporation. How does it work? And truly, it was a great, great benefit to go with both the generals. And I thought maybe someday I'll write my book called My Life with the Generals. Oh, you should. Brilliant. But for right now, it's it's fine. I mean, I, I've had a career so much beyond the generals, both of them. So, yeah, it's it's been a fun career, and it isn't ending. As long as I can keep drawing and, and creating, I'm going for it. I think that's fantastic. When you look back at the driving inspirations and key mentors in your life who helped you along the way, no doubt you had those people that were supportive, that didn't fight back with you, I should say. Are there a few or one or two you'd like to mention? Who were those most influential people in your life? Of course, my father, first, first of all. He, he was always supporting me. I uh, always wanted a son. I was never a tomboy, though, so he, he tried to do the best he could, and he did well <laughs> by pushing me into that all-male field. And I didn't even realize it was all-male. I said, I just went in, maybe blind, but I went into it. And then I had an excellent art teacher back in uh, Brooklyn, Ohio, uh, C.F. Carroll, and he truly was an artist himself. He's got some patents on some crossbows. So he was quite the uh, industrial design person, too. But he wanted me to go to Cleveland Institute of Art during high school, which I did. And then I just automatically went right into Cleveland Institute as a, as a career. However, it was difficult to get into industrial design. I was the first in many years since, I think, 1924. Or 1934, I was the next woman to go in, and I was on probation. And uh, I did make it, obviously, uh, through the six weeks, and um, so glad I did, glad, glad I pushed. I kind of love challenges, so it wasn't a big deal. I said, I'm going to do it. One of the things that, that I really wish I could have done, the Fisher Body Craftsman's Guild yes. is only open to men. Still? Still, well, they don't have it anymore. A long gone. But it was oh, but only, only open wow. to boys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I learned that throughout my 
my time with the guys, talking to the fellows when they would do their cars. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. Why didn't I know about that? It was only open to men, boys. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Now, if I recall right, Fisher, they went around the country and they did competitions with young students. And because that was I, it. Yeah. And my father, when he was in high school, I believe, in fact, it's my prized possession. I still have it. He carved his own car design from a block of balsa wood and entered it. He got an honorable mention. I still have the car and the ribbon. Uh, it was it's that prized possession from his past, but he became an architect. So he was a designer. He was an artist, a painter, a drawer, Excellent. sculptor. So he taught me all of that. But yes, I remember that the Fisher, and you can still find some of those for sale, people selling them on eBay that have come across them and so forth. And collectibles, definitely collectibles. I happened to be there in 67 when the, that was the last year, I believe, that all the young men would pull in their little cars they had a certain length and criteria they had to follow and one poor little fella he had painted it quickly wrapped it up in cotton send it out oh no and his whole little automobile was just cotton we yeah. couldn't see it we yeah. couldn't even see it oh. just but some cute stories that went with it yeah lessons learned speaking of lessons what were some of the most valuable lessons these mentors these guiders of your life taught you and how did you apply those I just think that they never saw any difference between me and a, and a fellow. They just said, you can do it. And I did. I totally ran with it and never looked back. In fact, with the fellows right now, I just say, I'm one of the guys. And they'll go, no, Joni, you're not <laughs> one of the guys. Yeah. So no, I just, I just, if I can, and I can do it. I know if you put your mind to it, you can yeah. Truly, you can do it. That's the key. And, and I have, I was blessed with being able to draw. And Cleveland was the institute, CIA, was a drawing school. And I believe RISD is a uh, more of a, a, a model, a hands-on. And I knew my strength. I knew my strength was to draw. And it, I could do model making. I took, I had to take model making through the college. But um, I'm not fast as, as some of the other guys, but I'm very fast at drawing and Fairly accurate, obviously. I've had a career in it, so yeah, I, and I still draw. I have a paintbrush in my hand every day. Your paintings <laughs> are, are beautiful, by the way, and she does some marvelous uh, painting and artwork. My son attended RISD as an industrial design major, very hands-on school, amazing opportunity for him. Uh, he just loved it, thought it was fantastic, and the creativity of the students that come out of that school, really, really amazing. We're really proud he got into that school and got to spend four years there and earn a degree. Now, if uh, you were to guide and mentor, and you probably have other women, young or old, who want to get into uh, fields that are predominantly male-oriented, what type of advice would you offer them? I would say if you really wanted to do automobile uh, designing, it's open now. Women, women finally are coming into being. And the fact that we had schools that now teach, of course, Art Center, truly the best hands down for art for automobile design and there's a school in um, Detroit the name of the college is CCS College for Creative Study and that's an excellent one taught by a lot of the uh, automotive designers uh, they're employed by, by GM in all the big companies of course my school my alumni uh, Cleveland Institute of Art we always have a uh, transportation project in the usually your senior year and that's a full incredible time. There was also a thing that I was lucky enough to get was the internship at GM. 
and that was between, at my time, it was five-year curriculum, between my junior and senior year, uh, which is fourth and fifth year for us, an incredible situation where we were one of nine students across the United States to be in GM. And uh, we were designing from beginning to end. We had everything available to us, model makers, uh, engineers, anything you wanted, any kind of reference material. And you did that, then you presented your car in the dome of General Motors Tech Center. And um, two of us were hired after the, uh, of the nine, two of us were hired, Peter Meyer and myself. And um, he was Pratt. And, of course, I was Cleveland. And I don't know if they – I'm sure they had somebody from Art Center, but there were nine of us. And that – you talk about privilege and honor and wow, yeah. you know, and and, uh, and then to be able to be chosen to go back to work for them. That was great. Well, congratulations. That was great. So let's talk about today. You are, you call yourself semi-retired, but you remind me a lot of, of my father. I don't think retirement is in your vocabulary. You will always be busy, always have a paintbrush in your hand, always creating. That's what artists do. They can't just sit back and coast. It's not in our DNA. So what has you excited and fired out up every day when you get out of bed of what you do today? It's usually what I want to do, and then I'm interrupted <laughs> by, by somebody who wants something else. But every once in a while, the something else's are inspirational, and I'm able to uh, run with that as as far as can, putting my own thing on the side. And it also kind of leads me back into what I did want to do, and I can kind of combine the two together. Hard to explain, but I learned every time I do a, a, a situation or a job or something comes up, a new material, a new medium, I'm, I'm learning. I love to learn, and uh, nothing stops me yeah. on that on that scale. Nothing. I mean, I keep <laughs> – if there's any expense that I have during the pandemic, it has been art supplies <laughs> because I'm trying different things constantly. Yeah, fantastic. And now, of course, I uh, airbrush in the computer, and I don't get my fingernails dirty. <laughs> <laughs> So you've made that transition, that tech transition, which is very hard for a lot of artists to do, uh, unless they're young and they grew up with it. Uh, how have you experienced that? Has it been fun for you to try these new mediums? I do. Yep. The mediums, let alone the Illustrator, InDesign, and uh, Photoshop. Those were really the three. And I, I, I'm like a dog with a bone. I've got to learn it because I, I feel my competition was always right here. Right. And they're young and they can do it so much easier. But I, I really, I when I'm dedicated to it, I stick to it and I'll go right into it and learn it. And I, there was a, a program, no program, it was a, a website called Linda, L-Y-N-D-A. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar it's with now that. Bought, it's bought up by uh, LinkedIn. Yes. And that one I had yearly because you sometimes only have five, ten minutes in a day and I go, yep, I can learn something in five or ten minutes. And they give that class also uh, visually, which is what I need. I learn visually. And I'm going to say this. Um, I, I have to say this because if I'm talking to any student and he's having a hard time, I ask if he has been tested for dyslexia because I didn't know I had, have dyslexia. Wow. And I found that out when I was writing children's books. And that's why my learning capabilities were so hard when I had to read. If I could visually see something done, that's when I took off. And that's usually how I learn is by watching a, um, a video or YouTube. Thank goodness for YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, th th to watch it visually 
and that Linda got me through how to learn all the three huge programs that are pretty significant. Of course, now they have um, the iPad with the Procreate iPad, which is really good. And I'll, I'll get to that, but right now I'm still happy with, with Photoshop. It's it's a wonderful medium. You can change it all the time, and I love it. I love computers. Yeah, Adobe Creative Suite, I'm very familiar with them. I go all the way back to the days of PageMaker doing layouts when I worked in advertising and design and so forth. And it's evolved so much now. I could only dream back then of what can happen and what you can do today, which is fantastic. But I want to touch back on this dyslexia because this is a reoccurring conversation here on Cars Yeah with creative people. And my listeners know this, but I'll share it with you, Linda. My father, as I mentioned, was an architect, an artist, a sculptor, a painter, a creative person. And I didn't know until he was near the last days of his lives. He died when he was 84. He was, uh, he had fallen and broken his neck and I was traveling back and forth to help him recover. And he told me one day, I said, dad, you know, while you're recovering, I got you these books to read. And he said, well, don't bother because I can't read those books. And I said, what? And he said, well, I have dyslexia. Now, think about this. He's my dad for his whole life, up to 80 years old. He'd never said those words to me. And I looked at him like, what are you talking about? And he said, Mark, have you ever seen me read a book? And I went, no, that's weird. I go, what What the hell? Why are you telling me now? And he said, well, because I've been embarrassed about it my entire life. It's been it's a, true. Yes. And I just had a guest on last month very creative, successful businessman, David Smith, who shared the same thing on this show. I have had lots of creative people, fabricators, designers, artists, sculptors, people who have, can learn visually, but have a challenge reading, writing, and so forth. I'm so happy you shared that because at least nowadays we can recognize it. But back in the day when my dad was young, he said, everybody called me stupid. They just said, why can't you learn? My teacher said, you'll never be able to do anything. And thank goodness his grandmother had the wherewithal to see there was something there. And she helped him and found a tutor that helped him. And actually, she loaned him the money to go to college. And he got an engineering and architectural degree in Oklahoma. He could have oh never God. done it, he said, on his own. But he had this tutor. He was very proud to say he paid my grandmother back every dime she loaned him to get him through college. But this is so important for people to understand. My sister's a special ed teacher. And she said, people that have dyslexia have other immense talents. I'm talking to yeah. one today, Joan. My father's a good example and many people who've been on the show that I think in some way, if you believe in God or divine universe, whatever your beliefs are that you're empowered with, if you have this challenge and you find ways to overcome it, that's the magic of the brain, right? It is. And my brain took over into the drawing part. And I remember drawing from the age of three. My dad set up a little chalkboard, and I used to draw with the chalk constantly. Yep. And, yeah, it, and, but you're right. Everybody thinks, well, why aren't you getting it? The other thing is a time situation. When you're taking a test, I panic now. Not, well, even now, I, I, there's a time limit. The fact that you have to get it done by a certain time in a test, I used to constantly be looking at the clock, only 10 more minutes, 5 more minutes. It used to scare me. Now they give the people who they know who have dyslexia, they give them that extra time. Right. They actually do that for the students. And I have given school talks, and one of the teachers, I told her about this. She said, oh, my God, she said, bring it up in the class. Bring it up. So this is why I do now feel comfortable 
but I didn't know about it until I was 65, till I was writing my children's books. And I was thinking, why am I having problems? My gosh, I should know how to write and read. And, and my, but my punctuation and my tenses were wrong. They, they, well, they weren't, they seemed right to me. And then I'd have a copywriter look at it. Yeah. And I said, something's wrong. So I took a test and I'm mild to dyslexic, a mild to moderate dyslexic. Wow. So, so yeah, this is, and it's all right because now I know, now my personality has really changed. I have a lot more confidence in myself. And, um, yeah, cause when you're a kid growing up, it's tough. It's tough. You know, uh, Lou Santiago, who's a brilliant fabricator, uh, creates hot rods and cars, done, does a series on YouTube about building cars, restoring cars. He shared a part of the experience that really exemplifies this. He said, when you're a kid and you have dyslexia and you don't know why you can't learn, everybody picks on you, teachers, parents, other students, and you become very angry. And he said he... After a while, when people keep telling you you're stupid, you start to believe it, and then you get mad. And then in his case, he said, you don't have much of an option, and you start pushing back. For him, he started punching other kids. He started getting in fights. And he said the school wow. system back then enforced his challenge in that he, he knew that if he would get in a fight, he'd be taken out of class, which was the most challenging situation to be in every day is in class being told to read and write and speak in front of people. Yeah. So he said, I just got in fights that got me out of class. Yeah. That's interesting. And what a wow. sad, sad way to go through life. Thankfully now they can recognize that kind of thing, but this is so important to share because there may be people out there that don't even know they have a mild version of this and they just can't figure out and they hide it. They shield it from people. They avoid any kind of situations where they have to read, take a test, whatever that might be. So I wouldn't even talk. I mean, I wouldn't even, I, I kept, I kept, I was a shell, mm -hmm. a shell of a person. And then they asked me to do the, the, the high school yearbook and I was able to do all the drawings for that. Well, that got me out. But then when I went to college, I said, I'm with a group of people I can share this with. And I, I just started to talk. I didn't know what was wrong, but I was able to talk. Yeah. And yeah, and and uh, wow, we had to take a couple a couple academic courses, which I didn't like, but sure, yeah, <laughs> got through it. But you got through got it. Through well, it. but yeah. I really appreciate you sharing this very personal part of your life because it's so important to share these things so people who and maybe you have somebody in your family that you've always kind of wondered well, why. Maybe. My dad. Yeah. My maybe. dad never read. Yeah. Maybe Except like your like your dad. Yeah. Maybe Same you can thing. talk with them and help them and find them the help. He, the, um, it's, it's hereditary. So, and it might skip a generation, but it is hereditary. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad it skipped me. I can't imagine having to challenge for that. You. Yeah. Fortunate there for sure. Let's take a short break. We'll catch our breath. We come back. Uh, boy, I think we already covered a big challenge here, but, uh, no doubt you've had a few more in your life. So we'll touch on those in a second. Keep your seatbelt on. We're with the great Joan Claydell Kramer and we'll be right back. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education and they support hands-on activities, events, 
and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Auto techs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Crash jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars while preserving the original factory paint. Founder Christy Shimfke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Cars yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code Cars yeah at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code Cars yeah today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at CrashJewelry. All right, we are back. Now, I mentioned before we broke off there that I always ask my guests for a big challenge, big obstacle you had to overcome. Definitely, that was a huge one. But I have a feeling there might be a few more in your life. Definitely a couple more. And yeah. it's all relating to wanting to be the first woman industrial, the first woman car exterior designer. Again, I, I didn't, I just went through it because I wanted it. The problem was it was the times. This was back in the er, well, yeah, early to mid '60s, and the times were were women were not really given the opportunity. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hidden Figures. Yes, with the three black women. Yes, oh, yeah. I related to every second of that, and then I said, "Well, I didn't have to walk out to another building to go to the washroom." However, in the studios, they had. The male, the men's room in the studio, a washroom for them, I had to walk down the hall to go to the ladies' restroom. Oh, wow. They did not have a ladies' restroom. Yeah. So, okay, that was part of the hidden figures part of it. The Michigan state laws, okay, I was working, I had always pulled all-nighters into college and everything, and there, I was with, with Cadillac Production Studios, and we were working on a crunch program, and everybody's working. We got to stay all night because tomorrow 8 o'clock, the executives are coming in. All of a sudden, Stan Parker, the chief of the studio, comes walking over to me. He said, pack up your things. you got to go home. I said, what do you mean i got to go home? He said, if you don't go home, we get, we get penalized. It's the Michigan state law. All women who work during the day have to go home at midnight. Wow. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe it. What, How am I ever going to get ahead? Yeah, when you're ever? restricted by law to not stay by and law. perform. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Obviously, things have changed. Yes. So, it's, I mean, yeah, this this was an incredible thing to kind of, I knew I wasn't going to get too far. But then what also was my other huge challenge, which I didn't realize till later, I would say in the last 10, 15 years, Bill Mitchell never wanted women in his studios. Oh, wow. And I was kind of, kind of hidden in, I was kind of shuttled in without his knowledge and of course he i met him when i was in the internship and it was okay he knew i was leaving but i don't think he really knew that they hired me back wow and i i um i'll 
touch on it because um, I, I can thank my, my professors at Cleveland Institute. They really pushed hard to get me in. Mm-hmm. Chuck Jordan pushed hard to get me in. He wanted a woman. It was time. It was time. But somebody had to do it, and I did it. But I was still the guinea pig yeah. because um, I, was, I was only there in the studio probably about – I was able to hide myself, too, because I was quiet to begin with. And I was able to hide myself. And then one day I looked up and Mr. Mitchell had his red face on. And I thought, oh, it must be a tight collar. Uh-oh. <laughs> it turned out he let out some cuss words. And I knew them all. I heard them all. But it went in one ear, not the other. And fine, he walks out. And the next day, Stan Parker's not in. And I'm called into Irver Bickey's into Stan Parker's office. And Irva Bickey said, we're putting you in interior. And I said, but, but I've studied for exterior. I like metal. I like reflections. I love glass. Why? And I knew it wasn't my work because I had some things on the board, things going on the model. I, there's a, a, what they call a modesty screen. When you open up the studio door, they have a screen there, and everybody who's a, who had their great drawings they were working on, if you were good, you had your drawing on that board, and mine was on that board. So I knew it wasn't my work. Right. So I went into, uh, they put me into Oldsmobile Interior, and it was okay. I mean, I stayed there for three months, but at that point I said, where am I going to go? I, I got to get out. Well, I put my job application out, and GE said, when do you want to start? Wow. And I'm going, oh, that was great. The same day, or approximately the same day, get called back up to Irva Bickey's office, and he said, I'm putting you back into exterior advanced Buick with Jerry Hirschberg. Oh, my God. Jerry Hirschberg was my mentor at Cleveland. He didn't know it. He was three years ahead of me. I took every class that he did because I thought if he's a success, I can be a success. So it was wonderful. I was in with the guys again, and we were designing 20 years out. Wow. Production Studios 3, Advanced Studios were 20 years out. It's like, oh, heaven, heaven. So I was in there about six months, and I've got I've got drawings that I can show, you know, Buick's drawings as well as Cadillac from, from the 60s. And um, GE called and said, are you coming or not? Yeah, tough. That was a huge decision. That was my – and I thought, you know what? I've done it. I, I'm not going to get too far with, with the number one, the state, number two, Bill Mitchell. Yeah. And it's been now said, Susan Skullsgard mentioned in a couple of her talks that no woman was in until Bill Mitchell retired in 77. Yeah. So those were 10 years after I left that um, no woman. No yeah, woman was you in. would have been stifled. How how terrible. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, but I did it. You did it. You did do it. Good for you. You go, girl. I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Are there some things you still want to accomplish in your life? I have a feeling yes would be the answer for that. Well, yeah. I, and it's just a quick one. And all of us, all the men, I know all, all the guys would say this. Um, we want to design a car and have it made. I want to design something that I, I designed. Oh, maybe if it's only a, an amalgam model would be fine that with Sandy cool. Copeland. Yeah, Sandy does some cool stuff, that's for <laughs> sure. Beautiful cars. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, I really would like to do that. And now that I'm back with the fellas designing one car a year when they give us a, a product that they want or, or automobile they want us to design, 
uh, it's doable. I mean, as far as designing a car, I don't know about making it, but yeah, it's it's a goal. It's yeah. you know, it's it's something I'd like. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fantastic. What are some of the positive ways you've learned to give back to others, maybe women or could be men in the automotive world? Well, I, I do give talks to, to schools and uh, I do bring up dyslexic. And what's interesting, I will start with a PowerPoint because I do so much better talking when I have something to talk about and have the attention on my drawing, not on me. So I usually like to do a PowerPoint and I'll have the, the young men, oh boy, here comes, it's still this way. Here comes a woman telling us, you know, designing and I'll put a, a car drawing up. The first thing I put up is a car just speeding along and you see them sit up in their seats. Sure. And I know I've got them at this point. <laughs> and then I start talking about the career with the automotive part and then which, which is also my industrial design work, which now I can do a total product that I can do from the concept right to the beginning. You do the concept sketches, the mechanical drawings, model maker if I have to. Usually I source that out, and then I can tweak it, and then I can see the final product. And that truly, to see something that you've created that never was, and it's being on the market. And it's like Waterford takes it, Tiffany. Right. I mean, these are huge companies. Sure. And I never would have had that opportunity if I would have stayed back at, at GM. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to look at that and say, it was the path less traveled that I took, and I took it. Yes, you did. A pioneer, for sure. What's been the greatest high point, the proudest part of your career in design? Oh, I do want to go back, if I could, to one more quick thing with yeah. helping. Helping. Absolutely. I happened to be at the Audrain last year function. Uh, they were having a gala party in the evening, and I was... Uh, I've never met Wayne Carini. I've, I've seen him at many different functions, and I saw him off in the corner, and I wanted to say hello to him and introduce myself. And I'm standing waiting because he was talking to somebody. And this young man comes over to the side of me, and he says, Are you John Kramer? And I said, Yeah. And he said to me, Well, you don't know me probably right now. He said, The last time you met me, I was 10. And he said, you gave me a Ferrari print, a pig poster. Wow. And he said, because of that poster, I changed my career and I went into automotive, not design. He's, I, I don't even know what his, his uh, career is. He, I mean, he just graduated from uh, URI, University of Rhode Island, but he has been hired by Audrain. Wow. And he's one of their people who does the, uh, the videos now for uh, Don Osborne. Yeah, very cool. So it's like, you never know if you touch someone in your life. Absolutely. I know him now. I did touch somebody. And I'm sure this has happened to many people. You don't know who you're going to help along the pathway. And I've always been able to, I try to get, especially I can see someone who is shy and quiet, like myself, who you got to draw them out. And then I realize they might have a, you know, they might like a drawing. And yeah, this has been and I just do eight by tens, a lot of eight by tens, and then I, I give them to people who I really know will appreciate it and maybe take advantage of it, like this young man did, Antonio. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Donald's been a guest many times here on Cars. Yeah, I just had him on the show last month with his new role there at Audrain. I know he's been there since late 2018, but the fantastic things you're doing there, Linkage Magazine, uh, the Concord, the Museum. I mean, he's having some fun, that's for sure. They've actually asked me to be a judge. 
next Brilliant. year. Oh, fantastic. Well, congratulations. I'm so honored. Yep. That's going to be as, fun. As well as a judge at the Eyes on Design. Are you familiar with that? No. Eyes on Design in, in uh, Detroit? No. It's held um, Father's Day, every Father's Day on the Henry Ford Estate. Oh, okay. And it's called Eyes on, and it's sponsored by the I research people and i'm getting i'm going to get those names wrong but it's uh dr philip hesberg who with chuck jordan started it and it helps the research for eyes and they even and it's it's runs so it just runs like clockwork tom hale is involved in it for the posters and he's done a number of posters but they have a group of always four of us five of us judging cars but they even have a group of blind people with white gloves on wow. and they are they go around and they feel a car wow and that car is even judged as well it's a beautiful show eyes on design and they've asked me to be a judge there so it's like yes i look forward to that well congratulations very cool yeah. how about a high point something that you're really proud of so far in your uh, magnificent career my high point has been Meeting, going back to the to my full circle of, of meeting with the fellas again. I am running on an adrenaline high every time I go to any of these shows and I see any of the fellas that I used to work with. So yeah, I'm so excited to be with them. I've come that full circle of automotive and I'm back in automotive again, just for fun. That's the most important thing. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. We're going to take the ultimate drive here in a second. So sit tight. We're here with Joan. I've discovered... Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion. And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Hey, fellow inspiring automotive enthusiasts, did you know if you subscribe at carsdad.com, I'll send you my free filler up book. It's an ebook filled with fuel, filler fun, and inspirational quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get a weekly wrap up email from me every Friday, and your name will be in the hat for one of the many free giveaways here at Cars Yeah. Simply go to carsyeah.com and click on the free book button, and boom, you're in the club. And don't forget to subscribe to Cars Yeah on your mobile podcast app, and you'll get the Cars Yeah show delivered right to your mobile device every day, absolutely free. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, that's what we're all about. Here at Cars, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right, Joan, we're back. Now, if I could arrange for you to take a drive with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be and what would the vehicle be that you were both riding in? I thought about this question because I know you ask that of other people sometimes, and um, it would be Chuck Jordan, uh, GM Vice President Global Design, not after Bill Mitchell, but after a couple, uh, Irver Bickey. And um, I, number one, I'm grateful. He truly trusted me. He had watched a number of, he would travel around 
to all these schools. And he came down to Cleveland Institute of Art. And they always, all the companies did, Ford, Chrysler at the time, GM. He gave me the opportunity to go to GM and hired me. And uh, he and, and David North then decided after design development, what, where to go? Where, where do we put this woman? Oh, my God. We, they knew about Mitchell. I didn't. Yeah. So they put me right back into uh, production Cadillac. So Chuck Mitchell, to me, he loved Ferraris. And the car that I think I would have chosen, I know he would want the most current autumn, current Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I know his first car was a 250 uh, L- Luzo. Oh, Aluso, yes. <laughs> and that was his first car. I, I know I found that out. And then he also drove, a, a, I think it was a F40 V8. And wow. that would have been okay. But knowing, knowing Chuck Jordan, he had to have the best. And he had to have the most current Ferrari. So, yes, I would want to be with him. And I want him to drive. Because I want to enjoy the ride and have somebody else do the work. <laughs> I don't want to have to do. Plus, I wouldn't want to hurt the car. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Chuck, Chuck with his Ferraris. Nice. And uh, yeah. That sounds cool. I, sounds like fun. Now, I mentioned at the beginning you've written some books. So talk about those if you would. Um, well, that all happened. I never ever thought about writing or illustrating children's books. But the economy at some point, when you're when you're freelancing, it goes up and down a lot quicker than when you're with a a company that can take care of you. So I saw the industry being very volatile. And I said, when my product managers were being let go, and they were the ones that were hiring me, I got, I got to do something totally mine. So I said, um, I'm going to write a children's book. But I know I can draw it a lot faster than I can telling it. So I said, what's a burning question that every child has? And the burning question is, how does Santa Claus get down your chimney if you don't have a chimney? <laughs> so I said, okay, he goes through a keyhole. And I get a whole story about Santa magic because you know, it's got to be more magic than just going through a keyhole. So right. he has a magic scepter that he waves and says the magic words, and a lot of magic happens to him, and he turns invisible. And I took this book into New York City, a dummy book. I took it into New York and went to two publishers, and they looked at it and said, it's okay, but we want to change the story and change the drawings. Oh. And I said, uh, no, I think I'll do it myself okay. because <laughs> I've always been doing something for somebody else. I'll, even if you're designing for a company, you're always having to tweak whatever way they want, and, and you have to. Right. That's their job. They know what, mar- what sales, what will be marketing, right. marketing for them. So I said, no, I'm going to do this. And I said, if it doesn't work, I, I will just quit. I, I did the first book. Not only did it work, I've had it reprinted five different times. Oh my gosh. And I've got a series. I've got six books in this series. Wow. And the, the magic scepter that gets passed on to the Easter bunny, to the tooth fairy, <laughs> to a little teddy bear who handles all the birthdays. Wow. And, uh, I'm, and a little witch who's afraid of Halloween. She needs a magic scepter to be brave. So it's also giving a story of helping children be brave yeah. or, or not be afraid. And so, yeah, these are, it's been a fun thing. And I never thought it would catch on like it did. And uh, of course, with the pandemic, everything's gone. Shoo. So I could write more. 
Well, you should, and I'll make sure to put links to these books on Joan's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Joan in the search bar, and her page will pop up, and you'll be able to get links to all these books so you can get your hands on some. So if you have little children in your life, you can share these books with them. Or just enjoy Nine them and yourself. Under. Nine and under. Nine and under. Okay, I think I might like it. So am I eligible? <laughs> I can read them too, right? You, hey, it brings out the little kid in you. I like that. I always like to do that. Joan, you have taken us on a wonderful journey and ride today. I can't tell you how grateful I am to get to spend some time with you today and learn about your life. Wow, what a pioneer. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us today. Before I let you go, could you offer us one little parting piece of guidance or wisdom before you drive off into the sunset with that old business partner of yours in that Ferrari? (laughs) I do have two things, and I call it my three Ds. Three Ds. Dedicated, driven, and deliver. And you always want to deliver on time. Don't even start the job if you can't make that deadline. Don't even start it. And then my other one is for me, for me, never reach a goal. Because if I cat close to that goal, I keep moving it up. I always want to keep moving my goal up. That's what keeps me alive and going. And I love it. It's wonderful. Love life. It's great. Yeah, it's obvious to me that you do. Uh, There's many ways you can keep up with Joan. I'm going to put some links to her work, Retro Auto Prints, find there, Kramer Design, C-R-E-A-M-E-R, design.com, and of course, themagicscepter.com for her books and her Facebook page as well. Make sure I put all those up there so you can find Joan and try to keep up with this wonderful lady. Hey, I want to thank Patrick Kelly for his kind introduction to Joan today, responsible for bringing us together. Joan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your incredible life with us. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. My pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson? the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!